Hey, everybody. Welcome to No One Told Me. My name is Callie, and every single week, we aim to talk about the seasons of life that we really wish someone would have told us about. You know those moments when you're just sitting there in the middle of something, and you're like, hey, it just kind of feels like someone who loves me and cares about me, or just really a random stranger on social media should have maybe told me that this was going to happen, right? We want to talk about those moments. And just for me personally, a big one is moving I feel like in my uh, semi-adult life, is that what you call college? Where like you're kind of adult, but not really. No one really told me how terrible moving is. Now, I know you've already heard my pleas and my cries at the beginning of the semester when we moved. But it's just a reminder for you. Moving is the worst. And just like with moving, when you discover random baskets filled with a watch battery, a phone from 2008, and a sunglass case for sunglasses you lost three years ago, we all need to be reminded that things deserve to have places in our homes. And when they don't, we have to face them eventually, which is exactly what happened to me as we were moving. We only lived in a house for five years, but the amount of things that we accumulated that just lived in random places because I wanted them out of the way. Now, okay, the only exception is junk drawers. Everyone needs at least three junk drawers. You're allowed three within your home. Who am I kidding? I don't make the rules. You're allowed as many as it takes to make sure that said junk is out of sight. I guess I just think it's a good thing to have some reminders every season on what makes our homes spaces we are able to rest in. Something about an organized house makes the disorganization in my head a little less distracting, you know? Anyway, this conversation with home organizer Christy Clover has some easy practices for making your space, your home, your office, dorm room, car, less blah and more yeah. When I wrote that, it really felt right. And now I'm saying it out loud and I'm just real unsure about it. But it's out there. Okay. Anyway, here is my conversation with Christy Clover. All right. So on today's episode, I have my new friend, Christy Clover. So Christy, go ahead and jump in for us. Just tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, why you do what you do, all that kind of stuff. Oh, my goodness. So I have been married to my husband, Steve, for 22 years. We just celebrated our 22nd anniversary. Mm -hmm. It was so funny. We're out to dinner and the waiter's like, oh, what anniversary is this? And he's like smiling. And we're like, our 22nd. And I knew it was coming. He's like, I'm 22. And I'm like, of course you are. (laughs) (laughs) It makes makes perfect sense. You make me feel old. (laughs) When you get to that age when they're like, you'll reference something from not even that long ago. And they're like, "Ah, I was like four when that happened. So I don't remember. I'm like, that's great. Thank you. Thank you. It's all good. I know. Like professional athletes. I'm like, I not only could not be a professional athlete anymore. I'm like, I could have given birth to those athletes. <laughs> it's a whole new stage of life. A whole new stage. It really is. Okay. But we, we digress. <laughs> but in our 22 years of marriage, um, we have five kiddos. So our oldest is 17 and goes down to six. So we have a 17, Ooh. 16, 11, eight, and six-year-old. So wow, that sounds like we, a good time, Christy. It sounds like we, a good time. That's right. It's a constant 24-7 party here in the Clover household. It's, you know, you know, it, it's everything in life. Like whether you are in high school, college, you know, whatever, whatever stage you're in, I think that the truth kind of sticks with like, and everything seems hard in the moment until mm-hmm. you get something a little harder thrown at you and you're like, all right. So that was actually easy. Yes. So yeah, wife, mom on 
on the side, I also, I love to write. So I'm an author and you and I were talking beforehand and the fact that like, I do a lot of things, but I don't do all of them at the same time. So that's the key. That's how, that's (laughs) how you make it work. So your book, Master of Mayhem, I, I would imagine that you didn't just wake up one day and think, Hey, this would be a good book to write. People should know about these things. It probably (laughs) was brought about by a season of life or something kind of launched you into this desire to redefine how we view organizing our homes and our lives. So what season of life kind of got you to the point where you're like, I've got to do something different. Something's got to change here. Well, I kind of, I opened the book and with the story that's kind of behind it. And we were, you know, when people say like everything that could have gone wrong went wrong, that was essentially the stage that we were in. And we had, we had just been moved. I had two babies at the time and it was just chaotic. We had stress in our marriage. We had a new house that was, you know, in the process of being built and everything was wrong in it. We had, my husband was traveling a ton. We had a dog that seemed to forget that, you know, the bathroom is outside <laughs> and, you know, just, it's just the normal day-to-day stuff. But I felt like times 10, you know, like yes. everything was so intense. And I just remember crying a lot of nights because I was just mm-hmm. so tired And at the same time, I ended up having to have another surgery because I was still having some complications from my Mm C-section. It was just like I had so many things. So it's like on every level of my life, I felt like it was completely out of control. And so I kind of reached this point where I just felt like, you know, I can't control everything happening. Like, it's not like I could tell my husband, quit your job. I mean, like if that wasn't where we were at, like we actually moved because of, you know, a great job opportunity for my husband. So that Mm -hmm. was exciting, but it wasn't like I could snap my fingers and make all the other stress go away. Mm -hmm. But what I realized is that I could start taking care of things within my home that didn't need to be as chaotic as they were. So I kind of slowly but surely tried to learn how to get more organized in our home. So at least we had one space that we could try to find some peace in. And it's not like magically it turned into like, you know, Martha Stewart's beautiful estate. And, yeah. you know, <laughs> but, but very yeah, close, I'm know. sure. Very close. <laughs> oh, I don't know. <laughs> in fact, well, to fast forward when I actually would, you know, so several years later when Grant and Blake were about four and three, I was asked to speak at our church's uh, MOPS group, which is just, it's a mother of preschoolers group. Mm, and I was like, yeah. oh, okay, what would you like me to speak on? They're like, home organization. And I remember looking around my house going, like, are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen my home? Surely you have it. If that's I know, I'm like, like <laughs> okay. And, and I remember thinking, like, what is it that I do that gives this perception of me being organized? Because I didn't feel like I had it all together. Mm-hmm. What I was realizing was that people would come over to my house and we'd have play dates with, you know, little babies and the house would be completely torn apart by the time everybody's gone because all the kids are playing yes. and all that good stuff. But then like two days later, I'd host, you know, a Bible study or we'd host something like, we, you know, we, we'd like to open our home up to others mm. and the house would be put together again. And I think that's what people were seeing is like, wait, I was just here and it was totally chaotic. And then wait, how did you get it over there? So it was the systems mm-hmm. that I realized they were noticing. And granted, please know that you can, well, our house is under construction right now. I'm like, it is not perfect. (laughs) If only they could see it right now. Yes. If only right now. I'm like, I just released a book on home organization and this is probably the most chaotic. Please no one look at my home, please. But that's kind of how things came to be is when I sat down to, to write, you know, an outline for this talk that I was going to give 13 years ago, I came up with these 10 rules that if I'm following all the rules, like in, 
you know, then that's when I felt the most organized. So I was trying to look for things that I felt really helped me through the years Mm -hmm. to get more organized. And what's fun is that all these years later, those same 10 rules are the rules that I have in the book. Mm. And, you know, they're not like diehard rules. I, I'm, I, in fact, I readily admit the ones that I struggle with the most, but they're the ones that when I am really practicing them, you know, like that's when life is getting a lot more peaceful and the house is coming together more. Well, and it's amazing. And it's not something that I learned until I had my own home. There are just so many feelings tied to the spaces that you're living in. And I don't think we realize it until we're older. So almost to the point, like if you had a stressful day, if you had a day that made you anxious or upset or whatever, and you come home to a home that is chaotic, it adds to those emotions. Like it almost Mm -hmm. puts fuel on the fire of whatever that emotion is. Whereas on the flip side, I it's one of my earliest memories. I would go home and on the days my mom was off, our house was just absolutely spotless and clean and the windows were open and there was a breeze coming through and it was so peaceful. Mm. And it is, it was just a moment that I want my kids to, to feel when they come home. I want them to feel at rest. I want my husband to come home and feel at rest. I want to be at rest when I come home. And so I think that is the power of a a, a structured and an organized home. I don't think it's just because you're OCD and you want everything where it goes. I think it's the feelings that are tied to mm-hmm. the spaces you live in. And so for, for a lot of us, you know, we've done an episode before on, on home organization and a lot of it just feels like too much. It's like, okay, I can grab a trash bag and I can put a bunch of stuff in a trash bag and throw it away, but it's just going to get messy again. So yeah. I, this chaos free home, it doesn't have to be a dream. How did you get started on your road toward that goal? Well, the the funny thing is, in fact, my mom is visiting right now. She's in the other room and she's probably hearing me say her name right now. I'm like, mom. <laughs> Just give but, her a microphone, pull her in. Let's right, hear what she has to right. say. Bring her in. No, what's funny is that I am not like, you know, Marie Kondo's got a show on Netflix. But I remember I read just the first couple chapters of her book because I just want to get a feel for what her style was. And I just remember kind of giggling because she was always organized. She was organized Mm. as a child. And I just laughed because I'm like, oh, my goodness, that's the antithesis of me. Like, yes, I have had to learn Mm -hmm. how to get organized. Mm -hmm. And so I was a very like very like all capitals bold very messy high schooler. Like I had a spot in the middle of my room that you could go from the door, jump to that spot and then jump to my bed. I remember having a path. It's so funny you say that. I had a path that you would just follow to get in bed and go to sleep. I just, oh yes. Well, and a lot of it for me was that I didn't live in that room. I didn't have to stay in that room. I kind of just slept and changed in that room. Mm. And so it didn't bother me. And that was actually something you were touching on just a moment ago about that feeling a lot of people have a different level of tolerance in their mm. home. So I've gone into some homes that, you know, I think that if someone else came in, they'd be like, oh, like someone OCD would would definitely walk in and be like, oh my gosh, this house is a mess. But I walk in and I can almost feel the sense of hominess. Mm. Like, mm. oh, I feel like I can be myself, mm. you know? And so different people have different levels of what they can handle. Yeah. And that's great. Like if you are OCD, well, then you probably want to be more methodical in how you get things done. But kind of going back to high school, it was in college when I was forced to live in a room with a roommate that I was like, okay, I, ca- I can't do this. Number one for her to be polite. <laughs> and number two, <laughs> number two was that like, I realized I ca- I actually do thrive better in a place that is more organized. And I will never forget when my friends started coming to visit me in my dorm room. I mean, they literally would walk in and walk out and they'd be like, 
wait, am I in the right place? I'm like, no, this is my room. They're like, no, it's not. And I mean, they were in awe. Like they could not believe it. I'm like, oh, you've got to see my drawers. You think this is crazy. Look at this. Yeah, I know. But like, that was just like a hint that I had this inner organizer that I didn't know how to get her motivated to continue. Because yeah. <laughs> when we were married, it was just like, oh, stuff it in a box, put it in the attic. And, yeah. you know, so mm-hmm. it just, it didn't translate. So really kind of fast forwarding to how I started learning as I really started applying this technique that I now call the glean and tweak technique. Mm. And what that is, is I'm trying to learn from people who have natural organization tendencies. Yes. But the key, because I asked, I struggle with paper piles. That is my nemesis because in order for me to remember something, I have to see it. So I Uh, tend to leave piles. And my husband's like, there are too many Christie piles in the house right now. And I'm like, (laughs) I'm so sorry. So, you know, I, I asked this one girlfriend and she was so funny. She's like, oh, I make an appointment with myself every Thursday. That's my paper day. I just make it as an appointment. I was like, perfect. Gonna do that. So I would, I tried it. And like every Thursday, I'm like, yeah, I'd rather watch a show. Or uh, I think I'd rather just like. It's like that one window of time when you have it. You're like, I don't want to spend it looking, doing something that matters. Exactly. And so I was left feeling like a complete failure because I'm like, that didn't work. And so what I figured out again through the years and trial and error is that I have to tweak it. I can't just glean from others. I have to tweak it to make it work for me and my personality style and my organizational style really and keep asking. So I just kept asking questions. And now one of the beautiful things is that we do now have almost too much being thrown at us. So, mm-hmm. so now it's kind of, you have to do the opposite. You have to just find a few little things and stop looking because you're going to overwhelm yourself. And then just not even start. But, yeah. Right, right. So I don't know, that was probably a really long explanation. (laughs) What you hit on is what I think a lot of people feel is that I want this, this feels like like whether you are in college, and you're sharing a home with someone else, and you only have your space that you can actually take care of. Or I remember going and visiting my husband when he was in school in Memphis, and I would show up Christy, and I thought I'm gonna have a panic attack in this house right now, because there was just (laughs) stuff and I'm not even like super clean and like organized. But it was that tolerance that you talked about, like to Mm -hmm. him, it didn't bother him because if everything was like in a pile somewhere, well, it was clean. Like this is all this is organized at that point. But I do think what you're saying is the, the tolerance thing. It doesn't matter who you're living with. You personally have a level that you function best at. And once you Mm -hmm. figure out what that is and you move in that direction, you're going to end up being able to do a whole lot more than you thought you were capable of. But you mentioned your 10 foundational rules. And these are the things that you kind of through gleaning and tweaking, you know, it's like you said, you don't have to read everything. You can skim it and take away the main point. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that's kind of what you did with your 10 foundational rules. Like here's just how you get started. I mean, these are just 10 things to keep in mind. So can you briefly share about those a little bit and kind of give us a head start? My number one rule is to glean and tweak. And that is just to kind of start a practice. Like what do I need to learn and where can I look you know, Mm. for that information. So just start kind of creating a list. If you want to, it can be digital. It can be something you write down. It can be maybe you're recording a few shows that you know have good advice. Follow a few Instagram feeds that have great organization hacks or something like that. So there's all different ways that you can glean and tweak to work. Another really important rule, you have to remember your top priorities. And that's not only in your schedule, because honestly, if you have too much happening in your life and on your calendar, you will never get to organizing. You have mm-hmm. to actually create time and make time 
to get organized. Mm-hmm. So you have to have household priorities, but you also have to have like life priorities and make yeah. sure that you're picking which ball you, you know you're going to try to juggle and which ball you're going to set down. And then all kinds of other little rules like baby steps. So not taking on too much at once. That is a huge struggle for me. Doing your worst thing first. And there's a whole lot of wisdom in that. And that was a hard one for me to kind of swallow was learning how to actually tackle those projects that I put off. Of course, decluttering is a big rule as well. Learning how to, you know, routines and habits, planning ahead, asking for help. One of my favorite ones that always gets a little like from people, and it was hard for me. <laughs> that is, don't eat of the bread of idleness, and that is overcoming laziness and avoidance. Because uh-huh. let's be honest, mm-hmm. that's often. I mean, that was the whole thing with my my paper piles. Like I was like, yeah, I would rather not do that right now. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> avoid, avoid. Yes, <laughs> that's right. And then my tenth rule is just to stick with it. I mean, and that's a hard thing. Unfortunately, we don't like you said we don't clean the house and it stays that way. Yeah. I mean, we can clean the house and move out, and it would stay that way. Mm. But we don't clean it and it doesn't stay that way. I think that no one really takes into account moms and the fact that you have little tiny hands and feet and sometimes large hands and feet mm. who are moving things yes. everywhere. Like, oh my <laughs> gosh. The most humiliating moments happened to me about three weeks ago when a carpet cleaner came and oh, he needed tell. me, he needed me to scoot our couch back. And uh, I have, I have never felt so much shame in my heart as when I scooted that couch back. And I found <laughs> about three shoes that had been missing. The, there was probably about seven inches worth of dust. Like you could have made a dust oh, yeah. man out of how much dust was under there. There was an mm-hmm. entire pack of uh, goldfish just strewn about on the floor. It was so embarrassing. I just was, I could not handle it, but you know, you're, I get it. It's just, that's just life though with little ones or even, even with big ones, like whether you're married or dating or even single with a roommate, there are just what Mm -hmm. one person sees as where something should go. It's not always what someone else agrees with. And the 10 function or foundational rules that you mentioned, you know, any of those on their own are not necessarily earth shattering, but when you combine them all together and make them disciplines in your life, it, right. it is something that I have learned over time that nothing happens unless you are intentionally making the time and disciplining yourself to do it. Because eventually those disciplines become habits. But first, right. you have to do the hard work, kind of like you said, with the either it's the laziness where, you know, I don't really want to do that right now. I can find something better to do or making the time to actually do the goals that you've set out. So I love that you've combined these things together and just said, Hey, all of these together is what's going to make the biggest difference for you. Now, we talk about all this multitasking, we talk about doing all these things that we're talking about, whether it is putting your paper piles going through them, or maybe you're while you're doing that, you are folding laundry or whatever it might be. But we talk about it like it's this badge of honor, like something we should be proud of that we can, <laughs> that we can do it, right? We can run around like crazy. And we can mark things off our to do list. And that that is beautiful. But why does it sometimes hurt us more than it helps us? Oh, well, and I think that is really important is that I feel like people believe that everyone's doing it all all at the same time. Mm -hmm. And I think in most cases, that's not true. And if they are, then I really hate to see what their stress levels are, like their cortisol levels (laughs) or something, because honestly, you really can't like research shows you that you cannot multitask some things because 
we literally will go insane. And my husband was so funny. He's like, you say multitasking in your book when he was reading it. He's like, but you know, research shows you can't multitask. I'm like, have you seen me with a baby on my hips, stirring <laughs> pasta and making dinner and having a conversation with you? I'm like, that is three things, my friend. Mm. And he's like, oh, that's true. Count them down. <laughs> so Count them down. I get credit for all three. <laughs> there are things that we can do at the same time, but quite frankly, why would we want to? Mm. Like what? I think that is the thing is it is harmful when we get too busy Busyness equals stress. Mm. And so that's what I think people forget. Some people like that feeling of, I got to have something to do. And that's good, but there's a limit to that. So you have to know yourself. You have to know where do I need a push and a shove and where do I need to pull back? Mm. And so multitasking often means you're not doing the things that you're trying to multitask well. Mm. So one of my tips, is there something that you could, like if, are there two areas that are similar that I could organize at the same time or, you know, that I can, you know, what, what is the, I always mess up on my little things. I kill two birds with one stone. Mm -hmm. I can, and I'm sorry for anyone out there who is like against that, but I'm, that's a little term. No I'm sorry if you're it. a bird lover. It's fine. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> but you know what I mean? Like there are some things that make sense to do at the same time. But unless you focus on one thing at a time, you're not going to be doing it well. Mm. And so we really are, you know, I'm going to use another one, shooting ourselves in the foot. Listen, <laughs> we could we could make a game out of this. You, let's just we keep could. going. Oh my goodness. <laughs> well, it's funny is my mom and my aunt used to always like make jokes among themselves with, they would mix things up and say things the wrong way. And mm. so I grew up with all these strange little sayings that were the wrong <laughs> but to you, they were like the way it was supposed to be. And so you're right. like, why do you not That's understand right. what I'm saying right now? This makes perfect sense. <laughs> but you know, the thing that I love so much about what you're saying, it's something that I've learned probably within the last three years too, is that you can do a lot of things. Okay. I mean, you can get them all mm -hmm. done. And it can be, yeah, it can be okay. Some could even be good. But you're not going to be able to do all of those things with any sort of excellence or within or make any of them great. Right. Because you are so scattered. And so all over the place. And especially um, if you are a mom, and if you have kids, or if that is in your future, even there are days, many days, most days, that you fall into bed just absolutely exhausted because of the pace you are trying to keep up with. And we forget that we have a family that can be a part of the effort to hmm. to create less clutter or chaos or whatever it might be. So do you have tips on how you can kind of pull your family into this whole getting everything done? So maybe that exhaustion level comes down a little bit for you. Oh, yeah. Well, and I think it's so important. Like, I kind of joke <laughs> It's like, you've got to get the mess makers to help you de-mess. Yes. So like, that's my new word. And I put it in print. So it's a real word. So right? now it's official. <laughs> it's going in the dictionary. It's official. <laughs> it's official. So de-messing. But it's true. Like, and granted, I giggle because I feel like my, one of my daughters is, has the ability to truly organize things well, but she's also one of the messiest people in the house and it cracks me up. Because I'm like, how are you like two different things? I'm like, oh, because you're related to me. I can be so organized and yet I can be such a slob mm. at the same time. But the key is, is to really help your kids understand, A, that if there are messes, you got to break them down. Mm. Like, so are they leaving, you know, shoes everywhere and socks everywhere and sweatshirts everywhere? That was one of our dilemmas. And so I, anytime we have 
an area or something that feels like chaotic, I kind of stop and I try to figure out what, why is this happening? Do they not know where they go? Mm. Do they not have a place to go? Because usually it's things don't have a home or people in your house don't know where that home is supposed to be for those mm-hmm. items mm-hmm. or it's laziness. I mean, that crawls in there too. Sometimes so, it's just easier to take them off by the couch and lay down on the couch. Yeah. <laughs> I know or take them off as you walk through the house. I've yes. got a child that does that, but getting your kids to help, you know, their life skills. And so teaching my kids how to wash dishes, how to do their own laundry, you know, how to do the normal day-to-day things, that's important. I mean, I think some people probably take it to, it's it's really like you've got people who have taken it to the extreme and like their kids are doing everything or you've got, and maybe that is healthy or you've got people on the opposite. They do everything for their kids and their kids leave the home not knowing how to do anything. So you've got like these two polar opposite things and you've got to find again, your family's happy medium. Mm -hmm. But I think it really is a disservice to your kids. If you aren't training them on some basic how to's, I mean, there's all kinds of things that I think we keep losing from generation to Mm -hmm. generation. Like, you know, my mom and I were joking this morning about like, we would never consider darning socks if we had a hole in our, I mean, I don't even know if people know what that's the truth. (laughs) That is like, you know, fixing holes in your socks. And I, I'm, like, no, I would never consider it. It's I'm kind like, of like, have you, okay, has gotten too big. you might disagree. <laughs> do you use a top sheet on your bed when you make the bed? Do you use a top sheet? I do. Okay. This, I think it's maybe my generation. I could be wrong, but it's like the top sheet has gone the way of the dinosaurs. It's like extinct in my really? Yes. You're kidding. Yeah. Oh, tell me. I don't get yeah, that. So just funny. the amount of people, friends that are around my age that I talk to, they're like, why do we, what's the point of a top sheet? Don't even use it. Like, it's just more to wash. What? Don't even put it on there. Oh, but see, to me, I think like it's less to wash because you're only washing the sheets. You don't have to wash the blanket that's on top of it. That's a valid point. You talked a little bit at the beginning of when you would have a bunch of families or kids over to just play together and your house would just be turned upside down. But then people would come over for a get together the the end of the week and your house just was like everything was just right. I think we all feel the pressure to have our homes feel just right. And then there's the guilt mm. that comes with if it's not uh, meeting the standards that we think it should meet or that we have somehow created in our own heads. But are there just some areas of our homes that we can let go sometimes just to give ourselves a little bit of peace? Oh, I think absolutely. And that that's a personal question. What I want people to feel comfortable with is I want them to feel comfortable to open their doors. And I think in even sharing that part of what my friends said is you, I hope people are hearing that like I had people in my home and my home was a mess. Mm. Like I have this silly little rule that it's just like a mental game that I played myself that I want people to see my house look great one time. Like the, oh. their first time over, I want them to see my house has potential for being perfectly picked up. And then if you are going to stop by unexpected, then you're just going to have to, you know, appreciate it. It may have been a really hard week. Yes. So, you know, <laughs> the status of my house, you know, may or may not be, you know, up to par with what somebody's thinking. But quite frankly, I don't think people really care that much. I think we Amen. think that people yes. care more than they really do. Or like, that they're noticing I, our baseboards or they're noticing no. like, yes. I mean, we all do have probably that one or two friends that do notice that. And those maybe aren't safe friends to have to your house. <laughs> it's why the they are never invited over. Yes. But, makes I mean, sense. You know, you have to just give yourself grace and just be like, eh, I don't, it, do, do you really care what that person thinks in that moment? Like, mm. you know, if anything, you could, I mean, I have honestly been like, Hey, those are the friends that I'm like, 
I need help with this area. Can you come over? I mean, they are usually the people that like to clean. And so I'm like, yeah. come on over. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. You, you can know, come but, over if you're bringing a Swiffer. Fine. Right. Please, please yeah, join but in. You know what? Exactly. But I try to think of it. If I have a friend who's hurting and needs to come over and needs to have herself a good cry on my couch, she does not care if I'm shoving laundry to the side. She does not care if my mm. counters aren't clean. She cares more about the moment and the fact that I am going to be her friend and be present for her. So I think that's where we are putting this crazy pressure on ourselves. And again, that's the purpose of the book is that mm. I want people to feel more grace in their house. Mm-hmm. I want them to, to realize that you can experience peace and joy in your house and it doesn't have to be perfect. But I feel like we all, because you're asking what areas. And so that is going to be up to you. So I like to tell people to pick, you know, maybe their top one or two areas that they really feel like would bring more peace. So for me, because I have a lot of boys in my house, toilets. So like the bathroom area Mm -hmm. is a priority for me and floors. I don't like tripping over things because most of the time I'm running from one place to another and Mm -hmm. I will literally trip. My husband, it is counters and, or at least, you know, the main counter areas in our home. So if push comes to shove, those are the spots that we're trying Mm -hmm. to clean. And we, as a family, feel more peace when those areas are picked up. And they're not always picked up. (laughs) And that might not be the case. And that's okay. Even I love the whole concept of having grace for your home. Because I think a lot of times, for me, it keeps me from inviting people in to my home. Because I think it has to be on some level. And we actually, we had a game night a few weeks ago. And as people came in, I said, listen, the only places you can go, you can go in the kitchen, in the living room, and the hallway bathroom. (laughs) Because those are the only places I cleaned. So those are, (laughs) that is, oh no, that's where you're allowed. That's it. <laughs> I love it. No, we have we have times when we have friends over. I'm like, no one's allowed upstairs. They're like, yep. oh, what's happening? I'm like, no, I just, I really, no, please, no children it's, upstairs. You, you can't unsee it if it. you go up there. That's right. You just, you can't. That's so right. just don't even look at it. That's, That's right. Stay here. <laughs> you know, but every home has those problem areas, or maybe there's some areas, yeah. like you said, that you care more about than others. But what are some of your family's problem areas, and how do you <laughs> conquer those? Let's just tell us the truth here, Christy. Tell you <laughs> my. My deepest, no, I'm like, I'm such an open book. <laughs> I'm like, I don't care. But honestly, it's our, our main living areas tend to be the most picked up. Like we have certain areas in the house that we try to keep as tidy as possible. So for me personally, it is my closet and my bathroom counter that I struggle with because it goes back to my college days. Mm. I don't live in the, that is where I am literally Ugh. changing my clothes, mm-hmm. getting ra- racing to get myself ready for the day and then running out. And I don't get back into that space until the evening. Mm-hmm. So I don't mm-hmm. think about it. So those tend to be like my high school bedroom areas. Like mm. my closet can be a mess. For me, my house does not have to... N- like, I don't care if it doesn't have a speck of dust. I just want things to be where they should be. And that just mm-hmm. like out of the way and have a sense of order. But one thing that does not have a sense of order in my home is laundry, because I can't, I just, I feel like I can't <laughs> ever beat it. I can never get ahead of it. We were actually talking where I serve on Sundays. I'm in the production room a lot of the times, which is a bunch of men. And I, I'm usually the only female in the room. And occasionally there's another one. But someone was talking about an iron, like using the iron to iron their shirt or whatever. And I just told the story that my four-year-old got an ironing board for Christmas, but didn't know what to do with it because she had never seen one because I never ironed. <laughs> 
And so I said, my husband has just learned that you get some ice cubes out of the freezer and you toss them in the dryer with your shirt that you want to be wrinkle free and just turn on the dryer for a few minutes and you're fine. It'll work. But oh my goodness. I have never it, heard of that. It works. I will tell you right now because it is the only way we are wrinkle free in this household. Oh my word. But oh, I love it. Someone I've done said, the wet washcloth. Yes. Ice cubes. Yep. Okay. Ice I love cu- that. You just I'm grab a few ice cubes and toss them in. But someone in the room, one of the men was like, like, well, you know, if you just get the clothes out of the dryer, when the dryer stops, they won't yeah. have wrinkles. And I just stared at him. I was like, in what world does that happen? I mean, there are times when I have to rewash a load of laundry in the washer because I forget it's even in the washer. So it just sits there for a little while. So we got to wash it again. But what are just some systems that you use to tackle this whole laundry mountain that we climb week to week? <laughs> Well, it's probably one of my top two things I get questioned on. When people, when I finally admit that I have five children, people are usually asking me about how I feed everybody and how I stay on top of the laundry. Yes. So one of those things is that, again, I have, you know, 17, 16, 11, 8, and 6. So my kids are all old enough to do some form of their laundry. So mm-hmm. my my all three of my older boys, they do their laundry 100% on their own. And then my girls... Well, my eight-year-old's pretty good at doing her own laundry. The folding and getting it put away and like quickly is not great. But in our home, the system that works best is everybody has a laundry day. Mm. And what that does is it creates accountability because you better get your stuff out of the washer and dryer because somebody else is coming right up on your tail. And so it does actually create this instant accountability for everyone. So it works in our household. Mm. We also do my big thing that most people don't, think about. Okay. So you're talking about your friend who said taking stuff out of the dryer. Mm -hmm. That's what we do. That's exactly what I do. And that's why I I do not like ironing. I am with you on that. Yes. But I do, I pull, I set a timer. So I know when the dryer is going to go off and remind myself to get the stuff out right away. And I kind of play this game. Like I am not allowed to move the stuff out of our washer and to the dryer until I folded the load. But here's the, the magical key. Smaller loads. Yes, yeah, <laughs> that is such a good loads. point. It really is because I stuff in as much as I can. <laughs> right, and that A is not going to get your clothes as clean, and B, it's going to create a mountain of laundry yeah. that you are not going to want mm-hmm. to do take care of. So when we do have those like crazy weeks, and I'm like, and it's been you know two weeks since we did our laundry, I am horrible at getting back on top of it. But Uh if I'm doing our laundry every single week, and even we tend to have a lot more darks, at least my husband and I have a lot more darks. So that's our cold water load. Uh So I break that up. I do two small loads Mm. because then I can lickety split, get that, you know, out of the dryer folded and put away. And even to the point where it's like, I bring hangers into the laundry room. So I'm not like spreading because that's the, (laughs) I created extra work for myself. I spread out the shirts that need to be folded. I spread out the shirts Mm -hmm. that need to go in hangers instead of just folding them and putting them on hangers. And so yeah, little tiny, like weird, silly hacks like that. Like the smaller load thing was just this, the probably the biggest aha moment for me. Yes. I mean, that's what I'm thinking right now is how did I not think of this sooner? I mean, why did I not figure this out sooner than if I would do working together? Yes. You put ice cubes in your dryer and I will do smaller loads. We are solving problems left and right right now. (laughs) I really want people to know that they don't have to have a picture perfect home to be organized. 
I think that's a misnomer. I think there is nothing, you can even look in the dictionary. There's nothing that says that an organized home is a perfect home. Mm. An organized home is all about creating systems that will help you to be more efficient in your home so that you can have more time for your priorities. So whether that's your priority relationships or the things in your life that are a priority. So I want people to experience more freedom in their home, to enjoy their home, to open their doors to others and, you know, really, especially make those who live in your home feel like this is a great place. Mm -hmm. And it again, does not have to match what your Instagram feed looks like. It has to match what works for you and your family. So grace and is a big part of that. And, you know, just not feeling again, ditch the perfectionism and mm-hmm. gave yourself grace. Mm-hmm. So I think that's probably I'm like in like a, a whole lot of sentences. That's, that's no, but that's, but that's the whole point that truly I, I want to tell myself and make sure everyone else believes is that we're all figuring it out. I mean, you, yeah. regardless of what our social media might tell you or what our, you know, Sunday morning face might tell you or out and about face might tell you, we are all under it all figuring it out and we we're going to and these are the kind of the more that we can come shoulder to shoulder and help each other like this yeah then that's what's going to make the biggest difference to know i'm not doing this alone and hey no one else's house is as perfect as i think it is well christy thank you so much for jumping on here with us and thank you for the um, excitement and the passion you have for for what you do oh absolutely thanks for having me on the show I love ending every episode telling you how thankful I am for you, that you would take your time to listen to what we're trying to do here. So if you loved it, or even if you have feedback, I want to hear about it. You can either hop on over to iTunes and leave us a review, or you can just DM me on social media. Usually I'm on Instagram the most. It's at C-E-Holla. And again, I love hearing from you guys. So make sure you either write a review or send me a DM, which always seems a little bit desperate asking for it. But here I am asking anyways. Thanks again for tuning in.